All right, hello, good evening, everybody. It is Monday evening, just after seven o'clock, and this is the Yard Side, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Hello, Johnny Torres, your host. It's been a minute. I uh, hope you're all uh, getting ready for the holidays uh, in the holiday spirit. Uh, we, I've been uh, traveling a little bit these past couple weeks, uh, but of course, uh, I want to thank everybody who uh, gave me feedback on our veterans episode, uh, where we did a one-on-one with David Houston of Concerned Veterans for America. Uh, talked about mental health uh, regarding our veterans, uh, veteran suicide, uh, how you can help and get involved. If that's something that interests you, something that you may be passionate about, something that you'd like to learn more about, uh, please look for that episode whenever, wherever you may be watching right now uh, or listening to the show. Uh, we have uh, we have it up there. Uh, and uh, again, especially on our YouTube channel, you can look for it there uh, as well as on our Facebook page. Uh, okay, so uh, thanks again to Dave. David Houston for Concerned Veterans for America. Again, uh, one of our show's sponsors, and uh, we're so proud to have them as a sponsor um, for this program. And uh, also, uh, you know, I want to thank all of you for continuing to support the show, continuing to watch, uh, listen from whenever, wherever you may be doing so. Uh, And uh, we've got a special show for you tonight. Going to be a little more locally focused, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think the general rules apply when it comes to uh you know politics you know the the lessons learned i think apply no matter where you may be watching or listening and so um uh, we we certainly appreciate your feedback uh, make sure you like comment share uh this episode uh, along with uh making sure you subscribe for the audio version of our podcast which you can do on your favorite podcast platforms as i like to say make sure you check your um your your uh, uh what's the man it's been so long i forget my little my, my little moniker I, are we on okay so it's the um oh my gosh i'm forgetting now <laughs> hi by the way my name is Anibal david cabrera i am not the host of this organization and the co-host oh i'm the co-host you are the co-host do i get a badge you get a little figure you know, okay yeah. well it would have been good with a, <laughs> some kind of badge today. you want a badge you want like a name <laughs> on a little i would like a name yes <laughs> a little name my, tag my pashmina here <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and joining us here today in the center seat uh, is none other than city councilman for the city of Tampa, Louis Vieira. Hello, sir. Pleasure to be here, guys. Oh, no pleasure. Oh, there you go. There we go. Pleasure to be here, guys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody out there. Happy holidays. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, fortunately, one of the uh, Democrats here locally uh, whose skin doesn't begin to singe as it, they come through the door. <laughs> Um, here to join us on the podcast now. It's the Latino thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't burn the holy water. Anibal <laughs> and I have that special touch where we're you know we we're we're not uh, afraid to uh, bring Democrats on the show and, uh, and and oftentimes we've actually scared them away after the show. And when he says um, touch, there's no HR situations occurring. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Uh, it's, been, it's been a minute and a lot has transpired uh, since the last time you were on the show. Uh, I, I do want to say, you know, that uh, we, we tend to talk offline too. And those mm-hmm. conversations are always a lot of fun. And in regards to, you know, the local politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we're, we're going to touch on some of that stuff and, and certainly uh, get an update as to, uh, what you're up to, yes, uh, sir. you know, yeah. what you mm-hmm. see kind of coming down, uh, the, the, the pipe as they say is, uh, you know, in, in, uh, here in the city of Tampa, mm-hmm. um, and also the changes because 
I mean, it's incredible. The city has changed remarkably, mm-hmm. I think, during your tenure. You know, within the last 10 years, it's just been dramatic. Where I feel now that we are genuinely on the national map. Sure. You mm-hmm. know, that we're, we're a, a destination not only for tourism, um, but now we're also a, tur- a destination for business. Um, we, we've seen, uh, you know, again, over the last two years you know uh consistently is one of the fastest growing cities in the country mm-hmm. one of the best places to live in the country uh and uh so you know maybe we you know among the things we're going to be talking sure. about mm-hmm. we can kind of pick a bar mm-hmm. about it you know really kind of what what has caused that right what has mm-hmm. brought mm-hmm. that about because i think that's also fascinating uh for those who, who may not be from the area absolutely sure i mean it's mm-hmm. remarkable when when <laughs> when they let us out after the lockdown <laughs> which for us i mean unfortunately wasn't as long as in uh, some other places mm-hmm. but i hadn't been down town in a long time so i hadn't been downtown before the pandemic and then it was like a while after the pandemic before i remember, uh, before mm-hmm. i ever went downtown and i didn't recognize it at sure. first yeah like mm-hmm. i was standing on the corner of uh sparkman wharf which mm-hmm. was formerly channel side and it looked like a whole different city to me it is and it's mm-hmm. remarkable um what private enterprise can do absolutely <laughs> what a billion dollars can do <laughs> when government steps out of the way uh and they basically hand the keys to the kingdom no, to that's, a, that's not what happened to I, a Jeff I, w- I will give kudos where kudos is deserved i think the city has done a great job with the partnership with a lot of large um companies that decided to move down here and invest in the city they bought sports teams and they didn't just run into the ground they made sure to invest in the team the team became successful they wanted the area that the the stadium was around to be successful and they did a great job i think the city and and those businesses have have had a really good partnership yeah and and when i i've been an attorney for 19 years and there's obviously a lot of downtown connections here you're in court a lot etc when i compare downtown tampa when i began in 03 as an attorney to today, it is a radical change. But like you said, just from 10 years ago, there's been a partnership between a lot of financial stakeholders that want to take Tampa to that next level and administrations that are going to uphold the dignity of people while welcoming businesses that are going to, you know, expand job opportunities for Tampanos, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen that partnership and in downtown it's, it's paid off lavishly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, you love to see it, especially when we have nights like last night or yesterday afternoon where we had a Bucks game, a nationally televised game, you know, with the Goodyear blimp and everything. Um, how, um, you know, you get those beautiful shots of the mm-hmm. skyline. Absolutely. And, and you see how much the city has grown. Yep. Uh, and, 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 and really, those are also have been amazing opportunities to show off all the new things that have come about in the city. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, for me, we have obviously our downtown CRA or channel side CRA coming as a district representative. There's always been a lot of pressure on me, including from some constituents to not support that downtown investment. And I've always have mm-hmm. um, with, within reason, of course, but I always have there's certain things like I voted against a Strath Center a CRA uh, plan, for example, yeah. but on a lot of things, including the existence of CRAs, I've always thought that we do need some special emphasis there on downtown because we're one city and that's what people look to mm-hmm. is downtown. 
that's yeah. important. Well, that is, I mean, in turn of, you know, and I love uh, kind of uh, touching base with Noah Pransky, uh, who was a former mm-hmm. re- journalist here in town, because he continues to kind of monitor, you know, major sporting events that come into town and, you know, and the amount of money that the city spends to host those events versus, you know, do you really get mm-hmm. what, what you claim in return and that sure. sort of thing. And we're incredibly fortunate that we do host throughout the year uh, just a whole slew of incredible uh national events yep. and 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 a few people realize that Emily arena is i think um, consistently among the top five busiest venues in the world oh yeah mm-hmm. um and and it's not even just about the quantity but it's the quality of events that come to Tampa. oh yeah i mean we kiss came here not long ago Correct. i'm joking that, that's I, I like kiss that's why i'm saying that however i will say this bruce springsteen is kicking off the united states portion of his tour in Tampa. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Deal. Nice. Bruce Springsteen. I would no, love. And I love Kiss, by the way. Nothing against Kiss. <laughs> I would love to know what went into that decision, um, because yeah. you, you know it'd be interesting. You know what yep. factored? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure the there's. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of decisions for me. Honestly, I've been. But when you're Bruce Springsteen again, you can kick off your tour wherever, right? It's like yep. why not mm-hmm. New York or New Jersey or L.A. Have or you driven into the, to the Big Apple? It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. And going to the 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 trying to get to the Eagle Stadium, it's a nightmare. I will say this. I think the city has done a great job the last 20, 30 years investing in infrastructure when it comes to hosting big events. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, we do it every year for two months straight with yeah. Gasparilla. Mm-hmm. So we know how to deal with people. The airport's amazing. The infrastructure's getting better and better every single year. I mean, I can't even doubt, I mean, we don't, when we what, we went to the con- concert over the weekend, or two weeks ago, I'm sorry, for King and Country. The, the Christian uh, mm-hmm. Christmas concert. We parked in Ybor City, we took the trolley, we we got to the concert, we had dinner in Ybor in, in, in South Tampa, or in uh, Channel Side in Ybor, then we went back home. And it cost us $10. That's great. And that's yep. that's the beauty of it. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong, I have issues with the, the streetcar. I would love for it to eventually connect with the circle, sure. so yeah. it can go from a tourist attraction and one-time-off event space mm-hmm. to an actual mode of transportation of citizens on mm-hmm. the day-to-day commute. That's what I want. Yeah, because for me, like it's one of those things that you know, family comes in from out of town. Now let's go ride the trolley. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, you walk around Ebor a little bit. You walk around downtown a little bit. Yeah, and then, you know, you got a good time. And and it's interesting. We were talking about this before, which is now with um, you know, with uh, the loss of apparent loss of the penny sales tax we may get half a billion dollars uh, whenever tallahassee apparently releases that but we have to use our transportation dollars wisely yeah. um and and certainly the streetcar is something that that is uh, uh, wise to robustly invest in now people are calling into question the um uh, what is it the uh, the the, the uh, my gosh uh, long day for me the uh, for the ferry the ferry. Oh, the ferry the ferry yeah the ferry so again we have to you know use those monies that funds wisely well the the thing is is and this has been my gripe about the street card i think it applies to the ferry as well mm-hmm. as enabled just said we feel that it's more of a tourist attraction it doesn't truly with the exceptions of maybe you know a concert or a lightning game or gasparilla mm-hmm. or something like that you know there's a few times a year where you feel like okay i'll, I'll use it to get mm-hmm. to a and b you know but it's not functional in the sense of actually alleviating any actual traffic problems um and and so while the ferry i've heard is beautiful it's great for mm-hmm. you know maybe a date night that sort of thing um it doesn't actually solve any of our sure. traffic 
problems. There's there's a term transportainment. I, I the ferry arguably may go into that level. Uh, the the streetcar I think if utilized correctly won't. I think there's a lot of potential there for some real good connectivity within the city of Tampa. The ferry I've always been more of a skeptic of. Streetcar not as much. No, and look if we had even a fraction of the original track that Correct. went all the way up Correct. into yep. Seminole Heights. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be incredibly yep. useful, mm -hmm. um, especially for those people who live there because they already, th those are the people of that mindset that, mm -hmm. you know, they live downtown or work downtown or, you know, and they will make use of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to me, it's certainly even more efficient than the bus. Right? Sure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, and more enjoyable ride as well, you know, but again, like if you've, if you've got that again, parallel, with like the river walk you know where you can take the ferry let's say all the way up to armature mm -hmm. work is works and maybe farther um you know again that'd be pretty useful oh, I mean, sure. well, the, be... the taxi system the water taxi system is something i've used actually multiple times yeah when mm -hmm. with friends with friends with family and just to get around when there's events yeah and i like i love the idea that it's a i don't know if is it a private public partnership with the water taxis or is it just a private? You no, know, I believe it is yeah. private public. I, and, and the big thing is the sad part about Hillsborough County in the Tampa area is that we talk about things like the streetcar, the ferry, et cetera, but our roads aren't even paved. Mm. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, you look at the city of Tampa budget, we have about $5 million for repaving roads just to keep up. It's about 15, 16 million within the city of Tampa. I believe our uh, sidewalk budget in the city is about $850,000 which is remarkably low. Mm -hmm. So just on basics on what, you know, uh, uh, transportation 101, we have to do a better job. And that requires, I suggest more money. Um, and again, those funds should hopefully take us over until we can have another discussion on more of a robust solution to this. In I, my opinion. I think, and all honestly, I would rather us spend the money to have an open, honest dialogue with citizens of the city of Tampa and not have to spend another $100,000, $200,000 on consultants. Mm -hmm. That has become such a pain mm -hmm. on my side of like, just talk to us. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I understand there's sunshine laws, I understand there's all this other stuff, but if we have to spend another half or a quarter of a million dollars on consultants, I'm going to shoot myself mm -hmm. because I, just, I don't understand why we can't use that money for something else, especially because again, people in the city of Tampa understand there is a need. Sure. Now there is a difference between people in the city of Tampa and people in the city, mm -hmm. in the county. county That's yep. two completely different mm -hmm. worlds. And you know this, you've, you live, you've lived here. We have mm -hmm. from cow pastors to high rises mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to get everyone on the same page, but we have to try as a community. But there's oh, places yeah. that are just obvious. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, you don't mm -hmm. need to study, you know, I don't need a study to tell me that we need to repave Howard and Armenia. Correct. Oh, I don't yeah. need a study to tell me to repave mm -hmm. Columbus. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I don't. I don't need a study to tell me that Big Ben needs another exit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and I don't even live out there, and I hear the stories. And the need is pressing. I always point to in 2018 to offer transportation with New Tampa three three six four seven. Almost three in five voters in the suburbs. That's Tampa Palms, Hunters Green, etc. A lot of Republicans and Independents out there said, "Please raise my taxes." You know what I mean? Because yeah. transportation uh, is is uh, you know such a sore issue mm -hmm. in, in that area, and, and I understand that. But I, but I mean, the frustration for me comes that mm -hmm. we seem to prioritize other things, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Okay, we have these great new beautiful parks and mm -hmm. and facilities sure. to enjoy, and the river walks fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, do we really need two river walks? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, again, that's money that, again, maybe sure. should be put towards the roads. And, and you know, and and, and and so it's it's one of those things, it's prioritization, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and 
regardless of party, you know, and regardless of whether it's the city council or the county commission, because mm-hmm. both are guilty of, again, prioritizing other sure. projects mm-hmm. over, you know, just basic infrastructure. My, my big thing is the two biggest critical issues are transportation and public safety, especially within the city. When you take a look at our deficits with regards to especially Tampa Fire, police are always necessary, obviously, but Tampa Fire, I mean, just take a look at the, we're talking about the growth of downtown and the magnificent yeah. growth we've had. We had one fire station there 20 years ago. We have one fire station today. Right. New Tampa with its response times. West Tampa with all the um, uh, workforce and affordable housing coming up. West Shore, the growth down there. South of Gandy, east of uh, East Tampa, continued challenges. You know, so we have a lot of deficits in the city. At sure. Mm-hmm. And that I would agree with. I mean, mm-hmm. you I look at the growth, that. especially uh, in, the, in, in, you know, the channel side area. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, it's a supremely residential now. Yeah. I mean, I think you could justify a small station there. Absolutely. And that's something I'm pushing for. And, and I know Councilman Guzzo represents the area is pushing for that as well. Uh, in uh, Tampa Firefighters Local 754, and I hope we get it. You know, one of the things we did to take care of North Tampa, Station 13, which was the busiest in Tampa, and one of the 55 busiest United States, was to do a medical-only unit in Sulphur Springs, not for fires, because about 85, 90% of calls are medical. So again, there's innovative, cost-efficient yeah, ways we yeah. can do that. Or it could be a part-time station where, again, during the day, fully operational, yep. you know, in the mm-hmm. evening, then maybe the one location that's been there all this time, yep. you know, just mm-hmm. oversees the general area absolutely so, so there's a lot of ways to look at it and again mm-hmm. this is not a republican or democrat conversation this is we are all citizens sure. of the city mm-hmm. and of this of this region and we want to make it better for our future for our kids and for our future so i i don't see the problem with making sure dollars are going in the same place i think republicans have an issue of just seeing where money is going and where it's being allocated the lack of transparency and as long as they feel that priorities are being set accordingly i think it's fine and i think we can get there mm-hmm. we can get there it's not that big of a sure of a of a hurdle we just have to and it's going to be interesting to see what happens come march and we want to start running into that yeah (laughs) well yeah no absolutely and 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 so given what we just saw transpire in the elections Mm -hmm. um you know now a month ago um crazy it seems you know it was just yesterday um you know have you seen any remnants of that kind of spill over yet? I mean, you know, what, what's kind of the landscape looking like for the city elections? From I mean, I'm sure Republicans are going to have more confidence uh, in, in the municipal elections, and there's going to be that temptation or desire to get in. The big point of distinction is not the city of Tampa. Um, I believe that the city of Tampa is a blue-leaning city. We are not liberal. We are not certainly progressive. We are a centrist, democratic-leaning city mm-hmm. with a lot of centrist uh, uh, values, et cetera. The big issue is that it's a nonpartisan race. Sure. So you don't have an R there. You don't have a D there. And it's based upon um, uh, you know how people perceive you, your values, et cetera. You have some folks that lean more center, some folks that lean more left on council, et cetera. But the big issue is, is not necessarily party affiliation because it's not there on the ballot. When you so, see it a lot you harder have to know, you have to know the yeah. person sure. to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say you, you know, you don't see as many unknowns just jump into yep. city races mm-hmm. uh, because, especially here in Tampa, we it's part of one of the things that I've loved about Tampa since I moved here in 2006 mm-hmm. is that there's still ha- that it still has that small town yep. kind of feeling mm-hmm. about it. You know, you if you run into the mayor enough times, eventually you get to know each other on a yep. first name basis. Absolutely, you know. 
I was born and raised in Miami. Mm-hmm. I, I never met the mayor of Miami. Yeah. Um, I bought a round for the mayor when I was <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, you know, exactly. Like here, you know, I mean, I'd run into Bob Buckhorn all the time. Yep. You know, I see Jane all the time. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and just through the general uh, nature of, how involved we are in the community you mm-hmm. know you're just going to run into each other sure. mm-hmm. where you know so we're kind of on that we're near that precipice mm-hmm. where we're going to be that someday we'll be and it'll be unfortunate yeah we'll be that big city where you don't have that yeah. connection anymore but i could say that about any level of government in in mm-hmm. tampa bay really you know that if you're involved enough if you're uh, uh, you know mm-hmm. committed enough to being involved in your community it's a very easy uh, region to get noticed and oh, yeah. to be mm-hmm. welcomed into. Yeah. Uh, and so oh, an unknown can't just jump into a city council race because no. you had to have built that foundation yeah. of a network. You're going to the, the pancake breakfasts. You're going to the yeah. little dinners with the big that's you're going to these, you're yeah. going to these events that people expect you to go to the, mm-hmm. the American Legion events, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the junior league, like these are things that you have to attend. You see everyone there, you go, you say hi. And, it almost protects us a little bit as a city. It does, and it's funny. I mean, uh, some races do take a partisan bent. My first one, for example, <laughs> mine was a month after President Trump beat uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, and so Democrats were not happy, and I was up against a Republican, Dr. Jim Davison, and that helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. There was a poll uh, after um, the the presidential election, I think, showing me eight points down, and I wound up winning by one point. Guido Maniscalco's race against uh, now uh, former state representative Jackie Toledo, very partisan, very partisan, um, and and whatnot. So and they were both Republican. They were both are still no. They at that time, a month before that, they were both Republicans, and then the. It dep- it, whoever you pick as your consultant makes that decision. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a de- I, I was the first Democrat porque nosotros somos cubanos. We're Cuban exiles. I was the first. <laughs> I was the first Democrat in my family. My father was like, "What the hell happened to my son?" Uh, we, yeah. we tell you, we ask your dad the question every time. Also. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but quickly on that note, isn't it fascinating though mm-hmm. to see how the first, second, third generations mm-hmm. now down in mm-hmm. Miami have kind of swung back, swung back around sure. mm-hmm. to Republicanism and conservatism. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I always tell people when you're dealing with uh, Hispanics, Latinos, doesn't matter what background it is, I go, um, we are opportunity voters. We, we want to be part of the American mm-hmm. dream, yeah. right? And I think Hispanics... Uh, lean democratic nationally. I think that's true. But in Florida, we do have a unique experience with a lot of Venezuelans, folks from Nicaragua, folks from Cuba who have le- fled communist regimes. And so therefore there's a language mm-hmm. that that our people, I say that as the son of Cuban refugees, that we understand that Republicans historically have been a little bit more receptive to you've seen offsets like clinton did very well with cuban americans obama did all right with cuban americans and it's kind of swung back um and and whatnot and again there's so many different intervening factors yeah. there but I, what, I, but we were seeing generationally mm-hmm. we were seeing that you know those cuban americans specifically mm-hmm. you know but even uh just generically uh hispanic voters generationally were starting to drift away from yes. the republican party and now that's kind of again and maybe it's the kind of the, the this wave 
native Venezuelans and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Ecuadorians and Peruvians. And- I will say this, like you had all the Cuba Libre rallies about a year or so ago. And um, and I would talk to local Democrats and be like, look, I'm out there and I'm out there not because of my party. I don't I don't have to take a poll to be out there. The day that my friend Rafael Pizano said, hey, Luisi, we're having this. I said, I'm there because mm-hmm. eso es mi sangre. Mm-hmm. That's my blood. But but that we needed people there to be talking to voters because I feel that a lot of those voters have gone with Republicans. Right. Damn it. No, but really, you know, many have. Yeah. Well, well, but I mean, but, but the Democrats have, haven't done themselves any favors. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I think with the Hispanic community right now, especially in Florida and some parts of, of the country now, especially New York and Texas, the craziness shifts there, is that this community wants to be wooed. Mm-hmm. It's like a girl on her quince. Like you either show up to the party or you're never getting invited and, anywhere else. And I will say, you know, I mean, we will remember who showed up to that party. And yeah. it's funny because uh, there were a lot of Democrats out there. State Senator Janet Cruz was out there all the time. Nancy Milan, Kath, uh, Congresswoman Kathy Castor was a big fixture there, et cetera, mm-hmm. and others. But it just in the end, um, a lot of Latino voters in Florida were very drawn to Governor DeSantis. Yeah. Just well, objectively speaking. Well, but then you had Charlie Chris running mate who had seemingly, you know, maybe questionably spoken favorably of Castro, like when he passed, you know, Republicans, I think, capitalized very well on that. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, her being head of uh, the teachers union down there. I think that type of union speaking all that doesn't play well. Yeah, I um, mean, it, she she came from more of a social justice background and there's a big Latino um, tradition in that regard. I think on the on the Venezuela um, uh, Cuba issue, there's so many different things. You take, for example, the um, Governor DeSantis route with the um, um, uh, Venezuelan refugees. Mm-hmm. A lot, I know a lot of the Casa Venezuelan people were very offended by that. So there's a lot of different routes with that with regards to her words on Castro. I remember reading about them, I, kind of subjective, but uh, uh, it's funny, a lot, and I'm not talking about her, but there and were a lot of a big people, issue. Oh yeah, but a lot of people make the mistake who don't know about mm-hmm. Cuba and you look at Fidel Castro and Che Guevara and you think of them as like in an Errol Flynn adventure movie and it's anything but, they're part right. of the, you know, evil Marxist Soviet repression and that's terrible obviously well Mm because it's one of those things where you know we've seen that in in some in some rooms they're you know they're they're hailed as revolutionaries yeah mm-hmm. right and so even in this country right mm-hmm. we we hold very highly our revolutionaries mm-hmm. right when we talk mm-hmm. about our founding fathers and the founding mm-hmm. of this nation and so I think sometimes they kind of get swept you know into the same circles you know yeah. and that's where some of that ambiguity comes into play mm-hmm. you know and and you see the college students and oh, yeah. the people don't mm-hmm. know any better wearing the t-shirts you yeah. know with the likenesses and now there's very little little excuse because the information is so readily it is. available and I mean and if, you don't see it as much either and if people want to wear a Cuban revolutionary you know a t-shirt wear Jose Marti mm-hmm. uh, or, or wear uh, Oswaldo Paya if mm-hmm. y'all know of him yeah. uh, who who was arguably murdered 10 years ago by the Cuban government there's a lot of people who who are revolutionaries from Cuba who fought for the 1940 Constitution and the right of Cubans to have self-determination that's the big issue and I think at the end of the day it's for our communities it's very raw it's mm-hmm. very, we're sure. very close mm-hmm. to it. We have family members that are still alive that dealt with all of this. Mm-hmm. And so, and we have family members now coming to the States because they were able to get out. Mm-hmm. And that's still going to be a fresh wound for this community. And so depending on what, it doesn't matter what, what political party you're a part of, whichever one can be there 
for that for our community is probably going to get the vote yep. and that's a big you saw it when uh, the i think it was like a few years ago when the hurricane hit uh puerto rico mm-hmm. and it was so di- and i'll call it out it was very difficult to get republicans in office to send money mm-hmm. and to send supplies and to send cargo ships and ej Ortega will be the first one to say oh yeah sure. i pick mm-hmm. up a phone for a republican i get a okay let's see what we can do i pick up a phone for a democrat they tell me how much do i write the check i was there yeah that's that's mm-hmm. that's, that's that's how it yeah. works let's right. not and it's let's not mince words here and then it's funny because I always feel that in this, this has been going on for decades, which is people misplay the issue of communism and what is communism and what is socialism versus communism versus liberalism. I always say when my family left Cuba in 1960, we didn't leave because of Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, we didn't leave because of the Green New Deal. Yeah. Um, as, as misguided as that may or may not be, we left because of, again, Soviet-sponsored state repression. Yeah, sure. You know, and that's the issue, you know. Yeah. So, all right, I, I love these tangents. I absolutely love these tangents. <laughs> well, and I love explaining to people, you know, who are from Miami that come up and, you know, and they see obviously the Cuban mm-hmm. presence here in the community. And I go, all right, let me give you the background because <laughs> it's a very different land it's a, up it's here. It's a different yeah. Cuban. You know, it's and a, different yeah. neighborhoods, just of different. It's mm-hmm. a fact. The tapestry of the Hispanic Latin communities are is are beautiful, and I love talking about them because it's ever changing, and it's something that people don't understand is that they talk about the American dream is dead and everything else. We live the American oh, dream amen. every day. Yeah, yep, we right. live the American mm-hmm. dream every day, which is a little annoying hearing people on TV say the American dream is dead. I live it every day. Amen. I mean, listen, my parents came here in 1960. My dad was 16 with literally nothing, was shoveling fish for a living in Tampa. My mom was 11 and went to Tampa, then Miami came here with nothing. And, and and thank God through hard work and investment, we're here today. That's that's America. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Help me run a small city. They, there you go. <laughs> I say Tampa's a small city until Bayshore becomes nothing but a wall of condos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once it once it looks like uh, you know the the Portofino or the French Riviera or something, you know, or or Monaco, you know, then we know we've we've hit the big time. Yeah. Uh, thanks again to, to Tampa City Councilman Louis Vieira joining us tonight. Uh, we're discussing Tampa City elections. Uh, we got, of course, an evil David Cabrera back with us. Happy to have him back after a brief uh, battle with uh, pretty much anything but COVID. I, I, think. I, I was getting annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> we were taking a test like every few days. I'm like, I don't have COVID, but I cannot breathe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, I, again, I want to remind everybody who um, is uh, watching, listening from whenever, wherever they may be doing so. Um that uh, we have a very special episode that I'd love, and I and I and I say it because I dedicated the episode to a friend of mine who uh, I lost unfortunately to suicide uh, right before Thanksgiving. Literally, I think it was the day before Thanksgiving, uh, and he uh, is was a Marine um, who served our country, and uh, and again was was fighting some demons, and unfortunately uh, they got the best of him, and so I decided to do that episode with David Houston from Concerned Veterans for America uh, as, uh, you know, just to uh, play a small role, you know, with a, where they say that even if you can reach one person, you know, that's that's one less person that, uh, you know, may take their life and, uh, and and may, you know, continue to be with us today, you know, just for listening to that one show. So if you have a moment to listen to it or share it, maybe with a veteran that you know is in your life and whether or not you, you may know their mental status, because again, I mean, nobody saw it coming. 
common. You know, none of our friends uh, knew that he was struggling in any way. And uh, yet uh, here uh, today, he's no longer with us. And so uh, take a moment to look up that episode. I called it uh, Veterans uh, Mental Health and the Holidays and what you can do to help. Uh, again, with David Houston from Concerned Veterans for America and Concerned Veterans for America, who are, of course, a sponsor of the show. You can look them up at C v the number four a dot org that's c v the number four a dot org uh, and you can find them all over the internet look up concerned veterans for america uh, and if you want to look for the florida chapter just kind of add the fl there on the end with your you're on twitter or facebook and uh, you'll 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 find it trust me and uh, please get involved they do a lot of amazing things not all of it's political some of it is some of it isn't um, but it's all about you know helping uh, our veterans and keeping the promise that uh, that we have as a country uh, to taking care of our veterans as they've taken care of us and thank you for, thank you kimberly davis we are definitely going to send that video to you guys so you guys can share it onto the platform yeah the community absolutely patriots. yeah so uh, shout out to community patriots who also had a great year um and uh, they're going to be wrapping up a, a big year i think they're now up to three chapters yeah i think there's a pasco chapter now yes yeah. i've never, never heard of those guys I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have um and no comments no comments <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to get into uh, a topic that i have very mixed feelings about because i grew up loving playing baseball mm -hmm, um uh, i love you know uh, being out there on a, on a you know a weekend at one o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. in the blazing florida sun <laughs> um uh, and, uh, you know, I got to work for the Florida Marlins when I was in high school and, and uh, you know, and, and I've been to, you know, uh, plenty of Rays games mm -hmm. and, and it's tough, you know, because I struggle with, you know, my personal love for the sport and it being, you know, the American pastime, uh, as, as questionable as that may also be these <laughs> days, um, uh, with, uh, also the, the fiscal responsibility that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like to see in, in my government and, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, especially coming from an industry that generates billions mm -hmm. of dollars in revenue mm -hmm. uh, and seeing how in Miami, unfortunately, my own hometown, how their baseball team took advantage of them mm -hmm. um, and, and falsified documents and uh, and basically did everything they could basically to get out of paying for a brand new stadium mm -hmm. um, and and a stadium that, again, has proven to show the results that they had promised, which mm -hmm. was bigger attendance, mm -hmm. you know, more sold out games, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. which again, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, just cause you build it doesn't mean doesn't they mean will come, yep. you know, we mm -hmm. see it time and time again. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially in Florida, Florida is a, a Florida sports fans are very fickle mm -hmm. and we have a lot of other ways we can be spending our time. And if your team's not any good, mm -hmm. guess what? We're not coming to your games. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, the reason that the Lightning have record attendance, you know, year after year is because they're among the best teams in the country yep. year mm -hmm. after year. Uh, guess what? Tom Brady has managed to revive the attendance yep. <laughs> at Raymond James Stadium, despite, you know, this year's record. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so uh, the Rays, unfortunately, haven't been able to capitalize long enough on their mm -hmm. success. And and they were the few one of the few teams that when you know, the Marlins did what they did. And, you know, basically these, these calls for transparency mm -hmm. came, um, they were one of the few teams that said, yeah, okay, this team, 
really mm-hmm. does not make as much as some of these other teams. You know, they they're kind of getting by mm-hmm. on on talent and getting by on mm-hmm. on on their wits. You know, and um, but again, it's it, I find it hard, especially right now with the inflation and the economy, mm-hmm. to justify the expense from a county, a city. Mm-hmm even a region, you know, yeah. because I'm sure it's going to cost everybody, you know, for a major league sports park, mm-hmm. uh, for again, you know, it, it's when we have so many other needs and, and, uh, so many other things that we could be spending that money on. Sure. Yep. And, and I'll say, if I may, you know, for the Rays to come here, number one, they've got to put forth a plan, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that we can look at it. In my opinion, it's not incumbent on the public sector to put forth a plan there. It's a private sector team. They've got to put forth the plan. And, you know, again, with the loss of the, the penny sales tax for transportation, we look at our city and our county as being an infrastructure, uh, a hungry community. And we're going to ask ourselves, are we going to build a stadium costing God knows how much, right? And then are we going to have the infrastructure to support that? Are we going to pack more people in? I'm not saying I'm against it, just that I'm a skeptic at yeah. this point. And I would think our county commission with our, our, some of our new members is going to be even more of a skeptic on that. I think. Well, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, interestingly enough, I think Tropicana Field is actually perfectly situated mm-hmm. where it is because it's right off the interstate, yep. mm-hmm. easy to get in and get out. And, and those kind of locations are hard to find. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked at, again, I worked at Joe Robbie Stadium, Dolphins Park, Hard Rock Stadium, whatever it is mm-hmm. called today. Um, and it was one of those where other than the turnpike and even that, it was they literally had to build a special on and off ramp for the turnpike for mm-hmm. the stadium because there was no other way to to channel that mm-hmm. much traffic onto a, a major highway. Yep. Yeah. So th- there's going to oh, and go ahead, no, no, please. No. please. I, I will say this. I think I agree with you. I think the location that they're at right now demolished. You don't need a seventy, eighty thousand person stadium. When you not can't anymore. Even, not anymore. And when you can't even fill it halfway. I mean, yeah. I've been to stadiums. I've been to games where there's maybe 15. I mean, what are the average? 15. Right. Yeah. Isn't that it's, what the it's average? It's under 30. It's under 30. They average 15, 20, yeah. I think. And I think. And I think it's just the reality of something. I mean, we are more excited about Banana Ball that's coming down mm-hmm. in yeah. a few months from Atlanta and oh, from Savannah. Yeah. I'm excited for that game. I'm excited to. <laughs> I'm excited to go to a baseball game. Right. Those kind of baseball games. Yeah. I don't. And spring training. We love spring training. Yeah. I just. I cannot do another trip to to the park anymore. And we used to go all the time. And it's just it's not fun anymore. It's and it's hard. I mean, and again, when you look at revenue sources, they're going to be looking at their CRA dollars that you can potentially look at. There's only so much you can get out of that potentially. Um, you know, they talk about the hotel bed tax, whatever, but sup- voters will not support a separate revenue source for the raise. That's dead on arrival. Well, look what we did with Raymond James Stadium, and, yeah. I, and mm-hmm. I don't even know the full history of it. Yeah, I just know that Hillsborough County voters Shady. got yeah and continued <laughs> to kind of get screwed year after year on yeah. that deal it because it, some of that revenue, from what I understand, was supposed to go back to the county. Sure, um, yeah. and that apparently never happens. Yeah. And, 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 the, and that money is still somehow spent like years in advance. Yeah. And, and so, again, there, there's a lot of lack of trust. And again, the Rays have got to come forward with a plan uh, that, that folks can buy into. I would like to see them here. I think we all would and succeed. But there's got to be a pathway forward fiscally for that. I mean, I, do I want my property value to increase even more than it is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> However, and again, I would love to like the with like lightning games. We 
get on a trolley. We are there in five minutes. It costs us $10. We're good. We spend a hundred dollars at the game. I mean, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But for me to drive over a bridge, not stay at the condo, do all this stuff. It's just not my mm-hmm. cup of tea anymore. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if it is going to come to Tampa, you better believe no one is going to pay a tax for it. No and you're way. right. No, no one's going to pay individual tax well, for it. That's why I would rather them de- redevelop the land mm-hmm. where they're at, put a parking garage underneath the whole thing and just do it that way. You can put 10,000 people on those, like what they have 10, 20 acres mm-hmm. and redevelop. It's do it that property. way. It's a huge property. property. We were able to redevelop a very low par- value part of our city, yep. Channel Side. I remember when Channel Side was mm-hmm. nothing but warehouses. Yep. I remember. And now I think the last warehouse is about to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, they need to they need to do what a lot of cities are doing and kind of what Jetta Finnick is doing with Water Street and, and, and Sparkman Wharf uh, is uh, to make it a, a, a more kind of an all in one inclusive kind of area where people are living working playing mm-hmm. um there's there's kind of always something going on i mean the hotels that are coming into water street and all that mm-hmm. and what i continue to say and and i say to every every person that is even remotely connected mm-hmm. to you know, you know to city politics is that what this region needs is a world-class convention center yeah. Um, I, I love Tampa Convention Center. Yeah. You know, my daughter just had a cheerleading competition mm-hmm. there, but but it is not a world class convention center. Sure. And you can expand it all you want and add a nice restaurant overlooking the water. It's going to be amazing during Gasparilla. It's still not going to fulfill these mm-hmm. mega conferences, these mega seminars, these, you know, yeah. that mm-hmm. we could be attracting. If you tell me that there's a convention center, you know, 10 minutes from the beach. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, how, right in the heart of St. Petersburg, how attractive is that? Right. Yeah. I mean, you go in one direction and you've got downtown St. Petersburg, you go in the other direction, you've got the world-class beaches. Yeah. I mean, how is that not attractive to some of these uh, major it, conferences it, it that go around a, it the world? It becomes a regional asset, yeah. not just a city. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and that's where the, the larger picture goes with the city of Tampa and city council, making sure that we promote stability in our city, financial stability, that we're a city that has has uh, good values. It is a magnet for jobs, a magnet for growth. That we're going to be amenable to sensible growth, and we're not going to be a, a, a reactive city when it comes to that, because that's what people who invest in the city want to see. You know what I'm saying? That's well, very that's important. That's what your citizens want to see. We do not yep. want to see growth just because of growth. Oh yeah. Don't sure. get me wrong. Do mm-hmm. I want still a majority of our downtown to be parking lot? No. But I also don't want us to go on a building spree mm-hmm. and build things that should not be built. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. a good example of, and I haven't read that much into it, so I don't know every detail of it, but the hotel on Harper Island. And I can't talk about that because I know you can't. <laughs> so, but, but Johnny and I can talk about it. <laughs> and, yeah. and I could say this. I was like, even though I like the idea of the development, I also understand that development for the sole purpose of development is not good development and if the and if people that have more information than i do think it's a good or not a good idea they will make that decision and that's why we elect them to make those decisions and at the end of the day i support whatever the city council does in regards to some of these some of these build and and um, proposed developments well i mean let's remember i mean what jackson well i called jackson because the restaurant but let's remember you know that that used to be a mall with a monorail Mm -hmm. that went out to the (laughs) four book parking garage which the first time i saw pictures of that i thought it was like an alternate universe that existed (laughs) you know and i was like wait a second there was a monorail (laughs) but that was way before i moved here and i couldn't believe that they had you know there had been this monorail Mm -hmm. Which again, 
made sense yeah. at the time, you mm -hmm. know, but again, was there demand for it? Yeah. You know, and even still that other than the staples, you know, that are now mm -hmm. Jackson's and American social mm -hmm. and some of the, that have kind of found their footing there. I mean, it's still not a mall anymore. It's never going to sure. be a mall. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. in, 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 and so it, again, it's one of those things that are we just building, you know, for development's sake, and, or, or is there an actual need or demand being filled? And again, the the big issue with the raise for me is they've got to put forth the plan, uh, the team's got to put forth the plan, and it's got to be a something that can be bought into uh, by the county and yeah. the city and our residents that so we're going to feel comfortable with um, it, taking the long view. Again, I think people want to see the raise here; they'd love to see it, but there's a lack of trust. And, and so they've got to overcome that and they bear the burden for that. Well, yes. and I do want to get your perspective because you've been in some of these meetings and mm -hmm. conversations and presentations, you know, but I, I think the fairgrounds makes the most sense, you know, uh, from an infrastructure standpoint, from a location standpoint, mm -hmm. um, you know, it seems to me that, that again, if you're going to have it in Hillsborough mm -hmm. County, that's where it makes the most sense. Ebor Ebor doesn't have the infrastructure to, 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 for a stadium. It probably, it may or may not, I don't want to opine on whether, because I'd have to look at studies, et cetera, but I know in terms of a social hook, Ybor City, connected be. with Latins, connected mm -hmm. with the sport of Jose Canseco, no, I'm mm -hmm. joking, but you know, connected <laughs> with the sport of Latins, there's a lot there, so, you know. Well, no, no doubt there. I don't want it in the, I don't want it at the fairgrounds. I think the fairgrounds is doing a great job mm -hmm. when it comes to the economic development that they're doing. Yeah. And they're building such a big thing there that mm -hmm. I, there's always events happening there. I don't want that to be taken away from us. Because right. yeah. mm -hmm. again, it's one of the few places that has the space to be able to run something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, but the, the fairgrounds has plenty of space. I mean, it's, it's a, and, and I know it's not even being considered. And so my question to you, Lewis, mm -hmm. is in these conversations and meetings and mm -hmm. presentations and all that, what has been, you know, I mean, again, there's obviously nobody's, uh, you know, chomping at the bit to mm -hmm. write a blank check to the raise, you know, mm -hmm. but when, when looking at, you know, where the city is now versus 10 years ago, yeah. you know, what, what has been the big driver for the growth that we've seen? That's a really good question. I mean, there's, you know, we're, we're part of a growing state. A lot of people want to move to Florida and we are just part of that positive thing in Florida, that positive narrative and journey in Florida where people want to come to Tampa. We have our beaches. We have, it's Tampa is the kind of place where you can have kids, um, put them up in good schools and good neighborhoods, go to a college here and then find a job here in Tampa. We've become that kind of city. Yeah. And I think word's just gotten around and then just our, our, you know, mother nature beauties and blessings that we have. And there's so many different hooks in Tampa that people just really, really love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, because I mean, you know, you, you hear, you know, there was so much talk about, well, we need to build this, you know, to become a, yeah. a world class. Mm -hmm. We need to build that and we need to build, you know, then there's all these things that people think that we need to have. And I mean, I don't really, I, there's not this one thing that I could say, oh, thank God we built that river walk because if not, we wouldn't be yeah. where we are today, you know? Mm -hmm. And obviously I feel it's a combination of everything, right? It's the it is. quality of life. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. our, our geographic location. Yep. Um, it, you know, the fact that we do have a world-class airport, if I do lend mm -hmm. it to anything, at least from the business side, I would say the airport has probably a yep. huge pl a mm -hmm. role. The, port, you know, the in that. port of Tampa has a huge role yep. in yeah. that development mm -hmm. as well. We, we have a, a we have a very 
very good deep water port. So I think that's something that we need to talk about. We need to just focus on our business and growth and everything else. I do agree with you completely mm-hmm. that this is a place where you can raise a family and still be able to see the towers of downtown yep. and still be able to afford a mortgage. And that's, and that's, the, that's the big the, issue. People, a, a lot of people say, don't New York my Tampa. Well, I always like to say, don't Miami my Tampa, which mm-hmm. is in terms of housing prices. We're, we're, we're having a housing issue where 40% rent increases over the last year, year and a half. That's you know probably going to be locked in more or less um and and we're seeing something where the the dream is being taken away from not just the the working class and the poor but taken away from the middle class of home ownership whatever happened to, i thought the, the city of tampa were thinking of passing some form of like rent control rent control that and I, never and, no no and so, so i would i i I understand that individuals that own properties that they mm-hmm. have rents and everything else is one thing. Having an owner increase rents by anything more than thirty mm-hmm. percent in a, in less than a month is inappropriate. Sure, completely inappropriate. And I don't like the idea of putting set controls. Mm-hmm. But I also don't believe in jacking up prices to that extreme. You know, and and with me and rent control philosophically. Um, here's where my party registration kicks in. I have no problem with rent control in terms of the government coming in saying you can't do this. The the big challenge with rent control is the the governing Florida statute makes it virtually impossible. Mm-hmm. Right? We're gonna get sued. You need to have a, um, a an affordable housing study done before you pass that, and then the statute precludes what's defined as luxury apartments, which when it was passed 40 something years ago, if you adjust it for inflation, I think it precludes uh, a rent. So my thing is I tell people, I'm not gonna write people political checks that are gonna bounce, especially poor people where their backs up against the wall. When it comes to housing, there's tons of things that we can do that are gonna make that change. Rent control with the tools that we have, the words just don't fit the picture. Well, see, Mm -hmm. for me personally, that was one of the main drivers for me moving here Mm -hmm. in 2006 is because it was affordable. Sure. Here's a major mm-hmm. city with, you know, with with the incredible amenities, uh, you know, <laughs> lifestyle, and but the cost of living was so amazing. Yeah, uh, and and you could get a place as a young professional. I remember, and it was very, mm-hmm. you know, and and I I do believe that that was a lot of the early growth that mm-hmm. you know that that we saw kind of spurn what we have now, but then again, the county goes. And they start maxing out these developer fees. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I think, a huge driver of the price increases. And then, of course, COVID didn't help because of oh, the yeah. supply chain mm-hmm. issues. Um, and then the demand that came, you know, post-COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, my hope is, and I, and, you know, I feel sorry for anyone who's purchased a house, you know, in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. But I think they're, they're, they're. Uh, ideally that there would be a correction you know but now we're just on the map globally yeah for that you know if Mm -hmm. you know and 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 so you know there's no turning off that faucet now you know i if you look at the correction we had starting in july or summer of 2006 just before the great recession it was huge i know because i lived through that right i don't think we're i work for a home builder (laughs) yeah yeah and i don't and i'm not an economist but i don't think we're going to see that level of correction but we are going to see a correction i mean we were seeing what the 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 original move into well, channel that was, side. Yeah. remember those two the two yeah. the, cha- the mm-hmm. channel side towers yeah. you could buy a two two for like fifty thousand dollars because it know. was that and then at night you could tell how many people were actually living in the building yeah i know because I it was that. it was rough and a lot of people took advantage of that situation <laughs> and so i think what now needs to happen knowing that we're not going to get that kind of uh down depressed 
a depressed market mm-hmm. to say is that we need to continue to invest in our and i hate to say it, but our multi-families is mm-hmm. definitely what we sure. need to start. Oh, the, yeah. the i think it was the edge neighborhood is starting to build really yeah, be built up we we need to think outside of the box with housing and we also got to make sure that we invest in our people I, I was very proud to work on the apprenticeship ordinance making sure that we look outside of traditional colleges and again that we're equipping people and welcoming people in our city not just in terms of hey um you know people always say when you go off to Notre Dame or to wherever it is, we want you to come back here to Tampa. Well, I say, if you want to work as a Tampa police officer or as Tampa firefighter or as a nurse at Tampa General Hospital, or if you're a welder, an electrician, whatever it may be, that you're going to find a home here financially in Tampa. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure that we keep those folks on, in the table because we're letting go of that as a city. And that to me is really regrettable. So real quick, because we got away from the the original topic, but just to close it out, Mm -hmm. because now there's all of a sudden there's these renewed uh, conversations and drawings Mm -hmm. and and plans being drawn up for Mm -hmm. Tropicana Stadium kind of staying where it is. And Mm -hmm. so what's your prediction? I mean, does it stay there? Does it come to Tampa? If I had the clock's running out on it, isn't it? I think it's going to stay if I had to predict. But it's interesting that, again, with some of the stuff that uh, Daryl Shaw is talking about, we saw in the Tampa Bay Times, et cetera, that we're seeing a revival of that. If I had to predict, I think it's going to stay if yeah. I had to. But. Because my thing has always been, uh, and I stand by this, that St. Petersburg is not a baseball city anymore. Yeah. Yep. Bas- mm-hmm. it, it, that is now part of its history, mm-hmm. um, will always be part of its history and, a, and an amazing one, but it's a very di- culturally different culturally, city. Now. It definitely is. A different oh, sure. City. Yep. Um, you know, mm-hmm. now it's about, you know, the. It, it is about culture, literally. The arts. Top yes. the arts, performing arts, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Tapas. Mu- museums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fancy restaurants and museums yeah. and, you know, and, 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 you know, arts and crafts and stuff like that. That, that downtown core is not the same it was 20 years ago. It no. just, it's just, it's no not. Way. And even though Tampa kind of still has its feeling mm-hmm. and it, it was able to grow naturally with the, with the channel side district and everything else and some of the towers, I mean, we didn't put 20 towers in one day. Yeah. We are, it's mm-hmm. a slow growth a situation and I have to be honest that one street that channel side street from the stadium all the way to, to the aquarium that doesn't feel like Tampa yeah, that does not feel like Tampa, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that right. because it was designed to be like that, and sure. I knew ahead mm-hmm. of time that it was going to be like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you don't have you don't see many Tampanians moving into that Water Street area, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right? Absolutely, you just don't mm-hmm. see Amer- a lot. It's all, everyone, it's all the new money, mm, yeah, or Papa's money, because <laughs> I don't well, know, I don't know many people that would be willing, to, students. be willing to spend <laughs> three thousand dollars on the studio. <laughs> and then I'm loving. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how uh, how we want to talk about this one, but I'm loving the new neighborhood that's getting created the the mid midtown, mm. I, I, oh, midtown. i think it's hilarious they mm-hmm. just built a neighborhood and they're calling it midtown i'm like no that's the intersection of uh yeah. del mayor brain 270 yeah <laughs> and it's funny because you bring up midtown and you know we have to balance out out there where you have like carver city and a lot mm-hmm. of historically african-american working class middle of the middle class neighborhoods that rose up with returning veterans after ww2 we have to you know balance that with preserving our history Correct. which is which is something that's relevant in the code of course um you know but we uh that that's an important consideration in all this which is making sure that we preserve our history we can't have areas like west tampa or um now what they call midtown and god bless it we can't have that overtake what our our cherished history is in tampa and heims avenue that whole area is such a unique 
um, mm-hmm. cluster of communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and I see it encroaching mm-hmm. significantly. So I like the idea that we don't allow certain high rises to be certain oh, skies. Yeah, sure. We allow the tree line to still be the way it is. Because oh, yeah. you still have mm-hmm. that. We can still be in downtown right. and look out into the city. We're in that area it's around you know park. that area around Jefferson High School, you know. Oh yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Sure. You know, where you kind of feel like it's getting trapped mm-hmm. by, you know, West Shore and now the it growth is. in Midtown mm-hmm. and then, you know, you see it's like it, it it's shrinking, you know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 you see families getting pushed out. And it's you know? poignant that it's Jefferson, mm-hmm. you know, because the connection that has by name to uh, a tradition in Tampa, schools like Jefferson, Middleton, et cetera. But Jefferson exemplifies a certain tradition uh, that, that, you know, could be getting pushed out, so to speak. And that's right. terrible. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you again, City Councilman Louis Vieira joining us. Nebel David Cabrera, Johnny Torres. Thank you all for watching The Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Again, please make sure you like, subscribe, follow, ring the bell if you're watching us on YouTube, and uh, make sure you look for us on your favorite podcast platform. Um, we, we, we have so much to talk about. I don't think we'll get to all of it today, but let's kind of keep the ball rolling as there was some recent controversy that made national news uh, with the appointed Tampa police chief who was already coming in under rough circumstances um, and then just uh, unfortunately couldn't get out of her own way. Um, And uh, while uh, her and her husband, I believe, was that her husband? Mm -hmm. Got pulled over in a golf cart. Um, Apparently they were not not in a vehicle that was licensed to be on the road. And, uh, but he wasn't uh, inebriated or anything. They just were in a vehicle that wasn't uh, permissible on the road. So yeah, they were literally in a golf cart on the street um which if you live in hillsborough county not that unusual um uh, you just got to know where to go uh, <laughs> you <need> to have <laughs> a tag <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and uh you know and, and unfortunately she made some decisions uh on a police camera you know mm-hmm. body cam which i'm you know i understand why you know certain uh there's a love hate relationship there for the police departments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yep. I think at the end, I think history will show that this is probably one of the best advancements. Oh, in, body in, cameras. Body yeah. cameras. Amen. Um, yep. And, uh, and so regardless of the fact that the officer acknowledged that he was wearing a body cam, mm-hmm. she tried to use her title as the police chief of the mm-hmm. city of Tampa. She pulled out, she pulled out um, a business card. Right. Mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong. I, I saw it for the after the blow up. I saw the video like maybe a week after, and it was just so cringy. It was very mm-hmm. cringy. And you could tell he knew right away. Yes, you could tell the officer knew right away, and and in just that uncomfortable position to be in, to be like, not only can I not do anything for you, <laughs> you know, you know, but it's also on the body cam. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, and and. He, he did what he had to do. I mean, you know, he did his job. Kudos and to the police officer for doing his job. Yeah, and he was put in a very bad position. Obviously, it's very disappointing. I think the mayor ultimately obviously did the right decision. Like I was telling somebody, you know, given, again, the the some of the controversies that arose during the confirmation of, of uh, Mary O'Connor, who had an otherwise uh, outstanding, uh, other than the initial issues of uh, time in, in Tampa Police Department, I think everyone's thankful for her service, that it's kind of like the story in Genesis of the Garden of Eden, where God said, you can eat from any tree, but not that one tree. Mm-hmm. She ate from the one tree she couldn't mm-hmm. eat from in that golf yeah, cart. Right. And and that's that's what happened. That is a poetic mm-hmm. example, uh, ex- explanation of what yeah. happened. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, there was a lot of wise counsel telling the mayor not to put her up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people told her, look, this is not going to end well. And again, 
sometimes it, it sometimes it comes to fruition sometimes yeah. it doesn't in this situation it does and at the end instead of a long drawn out mm -hmm. battle that it probably could have turned into oh yeah it would have it could yes it, i feel <laughs> that the, the mayor did exactly what needed to happen yeah and i'll tell you the, the way that i saw the confirmation was i mean i remember having conversations with the mayor's office and saying please you know put uh, butch delgado in there who's a fine gentleman and they chose to go another way what a people a lot of people don't understand is it's an up or down vote with city council mm -hmm. she is she's a pitcher she sends the ball to us we can either hit or not the big problem was my big thing was stability for tampa a police department that has gone through terrible civil unrest and a lot of attacks, COVID-19, et cetera. And if we're going to have this thing where we vote three to three to not confirm Mary O'Connor and she just keeps on sending it back to us, it's going to have more instability. That being said, look at us nine months and we're back to instability. So, well, uh, and now we've yeah. lost out on two good candidates for yep. police chief, mm -hmm. um, you know, because uh, it's one of those things that I'm just surprised at how deaf she was because I know I heard from multiple, multiple mm -hmm. sources that and, and the community was very loud mm -hmm. and very uh, direct on who they wanted for police yep. chief. And the fact that she, you know, and, and I get it. She has been there. She's she's worn, she's mm -hmm. literally worn the shoes, mm -hmm. you know, it's filled those shoes and yep. she knows what it takes mm -hmm. to do that job. And, and so you can't take that away from her, yep. you know, mm -hmm. but at some point you got to be like, OK, well, what am I missing here? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and now because I believe he resigned, didn't he? I think after the who Butch Delgado, yeah, yeah no, he left and he's in the private sector now, and, right? And whatnot. I, I haven't spoken to him since he left. He's a very nice gentleman, mm -hmm. and, and obviously we're all thankful for his service. Um, but now we got to, you know, we have uh, Lee Burke on there, who's a fine gentleman, I think. And and like I said in the in the hearing, he exudes the kind of stability, temperament, and disposition that TPD needs to be calm. Right. Um, and now we're gonna need to, you know, she's gonna need to nominate a new police police chief, let's see who it is. Uh, the big issue comes, do we do a national search or local? I've always said that locally, we got all the folks that we need here. I've always said that, but again, I'm, well, and this, yeah. the community dynamic here again is very unique. Mm -hmm. um, not that you can't say that about just about any city, but, but I, I'll say this, you don't go out looking a national looking for a mayor. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. an attorney general. Right. You mm -hmm. go inside looking for someone. I wish we would do that more for for the teachers and for Hillsborough County School Education <laughs> and everything else. That's another mm -hmm. that that's another circus with another mm -hmm. monkey. Uh, <laughs> but I will say I like the idea of picking from inside. I think that shows stability. I yep. think that shows loyalty. Yeah. It shows loyalty, and I think that's something that we really need right now with inside the. the it was just weird because I never I've and and, and again. In my entire life, I'd never heard the community be so vocal oh, about yeah. a, mm -hmm. a, a police chiefs. Never. I mean, it's it's an issue where people don't usually opine on, and it seemed to bring together um, the 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 people who were more sympathetic to defund the police were saying we don't want her, and then the people that were back the blue went we don't want her. I never. It was never so weird. It was, yeah. so weird. Right. it was so weird. It was so weird. You know. No, no, I agree. I think a lot of people were just. Very, I don't. I I I think we need like a. I do not know what was the reason that she rubbed so many no. people the wrong way. I don't know what that is. I do know that the community was not happy. And when the nope. community is not happy, the citizens are not happy, yep. and it just becomes a problem. Because, again, you don't want to have that. You, you and, want stability. And so this, give, oh, go ahead. I was going to say the sad dynamic of it is that Tampa is a very pro-law enforcement, pro-police yes. city. We are not Portland. Yes. Um, that's a fact. Yeah. We're very pro-cop. I always speak to a lot of police officers. and Those who move out from out uh, other cities, they always tell me, 
many veterans say this too, which is that they're, they come from cities where maybe they don't support them as much. They come to Tampa. We all come to the parades, et cetera. Firefighters don't tell me that because people love firefighters everywhere. <laughs> it's just the way it is. They have but a calendar. They have a calendar. But cops say that a lot. You know? Cops don't get a calendar. Do they? <laughs> no. I've never seen one. Okay. <laughs> and with reason, I'm sure. Um, I'll support the. I'll support the. <laughs> uh, it, it let, you know, and I think that's a probably a good you know segue also into our our last topic here to kind of bring in the mm-hmm. show for a close. Uh, you are presenting a really interesting idea, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'll just say up front, not that I agree with it. Um, but you are presenting a really interesting idea uh, in terms of victims of crime compensation. Yep. Um, now, is that kind of the official name? or? Yeah, or? so the, the main thing is, you know, I, I'm, I'm very close to a lot of groups that deal with victims' rights and parents who have lost children to violence and crime rise up for peace, among many others. And I'm of the opinion that just like we saw the halls of city council packed two summers ago, uh, on, on certain police issues that we ought to see communities in the halls of elected officials offices packed for the violence that is plaguing communities like parts of West Tampa, parts south of Gandy, East Tampa, Sulphur Springs, that we cannot turn a blind eye to the crime there and to the victims of crime. I think that's that that's compassion and that's about equity and justice. And just because you live in a poor community doesn't mean that you ought to live in a violent community and we ought to deal with that. But the biggest issue that I'm talking about in that regard is um, having support for victims of crime from an emotional perspective, the administration's uh, getting a victim's advocate for TPD, 100% with that, but also to have a limited fund that builds on what the attorney general and state attorney does, that if you've lost a loved one uh, due to violence, somebody, your son or daughter, or spouse is murdered, etc., or if you're a victim of sexual assault rape, that as a good friend of mine who lost his son to a violent crime said, when your son is gunned down and your daughter's gunned down, you still got to pay the mortgage or the rent. So is to have some sort of short-term assistance for folks in these, God willing, limited situations and whatnot. So again, to talk about victims of crime, because a lot of people um, don't focus on that. And I've never gotten that. I've never gotten that. I will say the part of that that I agree with, and Mm -hmm. and that's why I wanted you to kind of Mm -hmm. lay it out so that we could have a clear understanding of Mm -hmm. exactly what that means. Um, You know, because again, my fiscal conservative alarms mm-hmm. go off, sure. uh, you know, mm-hmm. on some of that, you know, but what I do think absolutely is the role of government or is the role mm-hmm. of, of a city, you know, working as a community mm-hmm. is to provide those kind of resources, sure. you know, mm-hmm. as we do when things happen in our schools, Oh yeah, you know, that mm-hmm. all of a sudden we have mental health uh, professionals mm-hmm. come in and, mm-hmm. you know, we provide the families with, you know, whatever resources they need, you know, to get through the tragedy, the trauma of, of whatever the incident was. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's true. It's, unfortunately you don't plan for these things Mm -hmm. Um, and so when these things happen especially in your uh, poor communities that you mentioned Mm -hmm. um, they don't know they don't know what resources are available to them or what they should do next Mm -hmm. you know what where do they go what you know and then certainly how to get through the trauma of of an event like that Mm -hmm. and and on that part I I certainly agree it's you know given the resources that already are present Mm -hmm. within within city government and Mm -hmm. and county government um and and available to us as a community Mm -hmm. um you know again i think there's a lot of education that needs to happen Mm -hmm. you know but but it's it's kind of the tail end of that where you you know it's to what extent right sure you know because um again 
you know, is someone, you know, loses uh, a loved one, let's say in New Tampa versus someone who loses a loved one, uh, let's say in Ybor City. Yep. You know, I mean, does the person in New Tampa really need those kind of financial resources mm-hmm. and assistance? Sure. You know, to, and, there's, and then and then you get into, well, what is it based on mm-hmm. and, and how do you measure how much compensation or financial assistance oh, yeah. should someone and get? The issue is not compensation. It's if there's a need, if you're dealing with somebody who, again, it's not like if I live in a gated community in Tampa Palms and I suffer a tragedy, you're not going to get assistance under this. But the basic thing is, uh, is, is that no matter where you live, whether you live in, if you live in Palmasia or Bayshore or Hyde Park or um, uh, uh, Hunter's Green or Tampa Palms, that you shouldn't separate yourself from the tragedies that happen in these communities. A lot of times we read in the paper, you know, personal shot on 30th person shot in East Tampa and the implicit reaction that a lot of people have is oh, that's not my community it doesn't we have to connect yeah. ourselves uh, in in a political sense in a civic sense even in a religious sense to the suffering of other people and and we shouldn't let that go uh, that's a big issue well it Again, is one very city limited. you know yep. it, you know at the end mm-hmm. of the day we are once you know at least for those who live in the city you know sure. we are one city amen yeah and that's a big issue mm-hmm. on so I will say this mm-hmm. I would rather us focus on figuring out how to pass legislation that would allow for bereavement mm-hmm. um, to be written into the law in regards to mortgages and rents. Sure. And mm-hmm. so that they could be at six, a three to six month bereavement time that you're allowed to do and just mm-hmm. tack it on the back of the loan. Oh yeah, Something, sure. I, I would rather put the focus on the businesses and making them understand that this is a community thing and mm-hmm. have that situation than us having to spend the money going that direction. Now well, I understand we, we gotta take one step somewhere. Yeah. So I understand that and I see, I fully understand and agree with that. I just think we should also be thinking larger picture of like, sure. we, if we, if this can work in Tampa, then it should be able to work in the rest oh, of the state. Oh, amen. And, and you know, imp- the impairment of contracts, et cetera, that have to be done in Tallahassee. And I don't mean, that is, that would be huge government. Talk about impairment in contracts. I mean, I think it's a great idea, but so the basic idea is just again, that if you're a, a lower income and you're having problems paying the rent of your car, utilities, et cetera, and you've been a victim of a crime like this, that you're going to get some assistance. It's not compensation, like for your mental anguish and pain and suffering, et cetera. It's more so just to make sure that you don't lose your house after you've lost your son or Correct. daughter, you know, a good thing. And it's very limited and there would be transparency because we're the city of Tampa. We're not the county. Correct. We don't deal with social welfare the way the county does. Just and, and it's yeah. a different beast. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely, a different beast. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to touch on one more topic, and it's your idea when it comes to uh, homelessness. Oh yeah, sure, sure. So, what, what is the city trying to do to make that into? I, I, I'm, I'm. We're it's holiday season. We're in downtown a lot yep. more often. We're starting to see that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, it's not as bad as other cities when it comes to like, there's a, an app to tell you where the poop is, yep. but you are starting to see it a little bit. So what are, what is the city doing to, to, I'll say this, what is the city doing to assist in those people that are struggling with that kind of Absolutely. When it comes to homelessness, life? that's, that's a perfect example. We need a public private partnership because uh, when it comes to challenges like that, you don't just have to feed the stomach. You also have to heal the heart mm-hmm. and a lot of things like that. And that's where city of Tampa partnerships come in with institutions acting in their secular capacity, but obviously inspired by their faith, like Catholic charities. We do a lot of um, programs with Catholic charities through their, again, their secular work under Catholic charities. So, um, Um, We're certainly doing that, but post-COVID, we have seen a savage return to levels of homelessness that that we um, are not used to because of the post-COVID economy with inflation 10%. 
uh, our rents going up the way they have, et cetera. But we certainly need to continue to invest in there. But that's, for me, the, the perfect example of where government has got to partner with the private uh, sector. Uh, because again, when you take a look at homelessness, it's not always a matter of dollars and cents. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times you're dealing with mental health challenges, with the chronic mental health repetitive challenges that you have by somebody who has been homeless for a number of years. How are you going to deal with that? Can Uncle Sam deal with that? In part, yes, but you also need your community partners. And we have a lot of them, thank God, in the city of Tampa. Okay. All right. Thanks again. City Councilman Louis Vieira, uh, you have announced your reelection campaign for yep. more years. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it, same district? Yes, sir. District 7. Yeah, okay. I, uh, I have uh, no opponent as of yet. So it's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll All see right. What and happens. then, uh, and, you know, one of the other things we didn't talk about, but uh, one of the things you're also looking at is maybe lining up city elections yeah. with, you know, our, our and, general uh, elections. Why? And, I, and I don't, you know, it's why? funny. So I'm working on that with attorney Matt Newton. I was talking about a few days ago. I go, I'm going to bring it up as a lark. I don't think it's going to have a snowball's chance. And you know what of passing, but it it's something pass. St. Pete's doing it, I'll, and I'll tell you what my opinion and is. We're going to follow St. Pete. I know, right? We're waiting to but, annex them for us. My, my <laughs> thing is, I think it'll increase turnout, especially in a lot of lower-income communities that tend to come out more in uh, even your elections as opposed to municipal elections. Yep. It'll probably increase Republican I, turnout. I don't disagree yeah. with that mm -hmm. portion of the conversation. I love the idea that we get to have an election that just focuses on Tampa. Sure. Mm -hmm. That we're able to re... And again, I know a lot of city civil citizens that do the research mm -hmm. to figure out the city council, to figure out the mayor. And it, there's so much noise mm -hmm. happening in the national elections and even statewide elections that I, it just we're going to get lost. Yeah, we're going to get... You could, the county again, commission was such a ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. I will say this out loud, <laughs> that... The county commission would look different if the governor was not running, did oh, not run. Of course. And so yeah. knowing that, mm -hmm. I don't want my city elections to be manipulated by state and national elections. I do. My, my, <laughs> these days, I'm sure you do. And you're from Miami, that's my, why. My thing is, I don't care if it benefits Republicans or Democrats or independent or Whig party members, so long as more people get out well, there. Right. You can and find a Whig party member, I mean, then I'll have a conversation. His, but his, you're right, historically, Demo, you know the the Democrats, uh, Democrats. The demographics mm -hmm. don't lie. Yep. You know that. I mean, it's it's what double, maybe almost triple yeah, the I mean, the turnout. You I'll, know, I'll in tell comparison. you this very briefly. In District Seven, when I ran New and North, North Tampa, um, my first we had seven candidates. It was Trump, Hillary. I think we had forty two thousand voters. Uh, vote in that when we were on the ballot with Trump and Hillary. Um, you fast forward during my special election, we had 7,000 voters. You fast forward uh, four years later, Jane Castor, huge mayor's race, a citywide, citywide, we had 49,000 versus wow. 42,000 in a presidential election in one district. So again, I understand your points. It's gray. <laughs> There's a lot of gray there. I get it. But I think it's a worthy and discussion Tampa to have. Tampa is a gray city. <laughs> yeah. and I, I think it was ingenious whoever made that decision to move us off of that calendar. Again, I love the idea of just focusing on the city and the city council and the city mayor. I would rather focus on that because we live in the city. I don't want us to get washed out when it comes to national because national 
sways too much. I don't like and that. I, and again, that's part of that. But but I will say this, which is it's also political protectionism where you can, on 6,000 votes, become a Tampa City Council member. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and again, I'm for more competition. That's, that's why I recently, I, yeah, I, I voted for term limits recently, right? I'm yeah. for more yeah. competition, more well, competition. But see, you have to understand, an evil is averse to change of any kind. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> I, we had this conversation earlier. start with that problem. If I could, I would be a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be a Catholic in a heartbeat. I am a very big traditionalist, and at the end of the day, I think we need to be in the system that we are in right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he so he's in favor of term limits at the state level, but not at the federal level. Really? We already have state uh, statewide term limits. So, and because of that, I'm perfectly okay. I know, but I, I mentioned that only to, to, to exemplify the fact yeah. that he aged change. Sure, yeah. And, and, <laughs> there's, and again, all I want to do is have a conversation. At the, is, is it going to pass? Probably not. Absolutely not. But I think it's a good discussion to have so that yeah. we know, number one, I think we spend about a million dollars of our money uh, to have that uh, odd number of municipal election. But number two, what we're giving up in terms of more voter participation, particularly from marginalized areas. Right. And again, I it's that's the reason I supported Amendment 4 so much, which is I want more people to vote. Yeah. Get right. them out there. I don't care if they all move to District 7 and vote me out of office. I want democracy. I want people to vote. That's it. Well, we are a republic, and we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, again, thank you to City Councilman Luis Vieira, uh, Nebel, David Cabrera, as always, your host, Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. We'll see you back here. Uh, maybe next week we'll maybe do like a special edition. We might have Day to. Yeah, yeah, that one might be tough. Uh, but we'll, we'll kind of figure it out the as girls we go. will not be happy with that. No. <laughs> Uh, getting some dirty looks here from uh, the grandstands. But uh, thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, whenever, wherever you may be doing so. Uh, this is the yard sign. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>